Welcome back to Held and Healed. This is a podcast where I share resources to point you in the direction of healing for recovery after abuse. I am so grateful to every person who has come on and been a guest in the past two months. And today is just a day where I am going to share a little bit from my heart. We have some more great guests lined up in the coming weeks. So the topic that is heavy on my heart right now is grieving and not just grieving, but specifically grieving the living. So maybe that is not a term that you're familiar with, but um, many of us who are recovering from abuse are extremely familiar with this concept, even if we've never heard the term before. So basically it's when we come to a realization that certain individuals, family, friends, church, people that we've known maybe most of our lives, uh, we realize they are no longer loving to us. They are no longer safe. Maybe they never were, but we just had some lights go on. For a lot of women that I walk with, this comes with separation and divorce. And, you know, his family will choose him. And sometimes even her family will choose him. And it is excruciatingly painful for a woman to walk through that Um when we lose someone to physical death, there are um, provisions for that, culturally and otherwise. There are provisions of you know food and support, sometimes even financial support. But when we lose someone in separation, divorce, um, not always is that the case. And I just really want to help us as people, as human beings, to really think about how we respond to uh, women specifically who are in this point of crisis where they've lost, um, they've lost everything. You know, most of them have lost their financial support system. Most of them have lost uh, their friends, their family network, maybe their coworkers, church um, friends have maybe chosen the other spouse over her. A lot of times when um, abuse is a factor, the abuser can be very charming The abuser can be very um, convincing. And what happens often is that the one who has endured the abuse for so, so long is at a state mentally and emotionally where she's very broken and she's very tired and maybe even her physical body has let out. I am working right now with several women who are just experiencing... um, immense amounts of chronic illness and even uh, mystery diseases that can't be diagnosed or autoimmune issues. And I don't think a lot of us realize the link between abuse and chronic health issues. There is a direct link because you can't affect one part of your body without affecting every part of your body. And so what is very common in the abuse advocacy realm is walking with people who have extreme and layer upon layer of chronic health issues. Um, I heard someone say recently that psychological abuse is physical abuse. So those of us who maybe didn't check off, you know, broken bones and bruises are now having like a light go on that if there was psychological abuse and mental and verbal and spiritual abuse, that can translate into physical and it really affects the body over time. So just a, another way of looking at that. So 
take a deep breath right now, wherever you are. And if you are someone who is finding yourself in this place of grieving the living, my heart goes out to you. There comes a point and a time when we realize that apart from a miracle and a change of heart and a lot of work on the part of the abusers, that they're not going to change. And so today, if you are grieving the living, if you are grieving um, a spouse that you are separated from and maybe an ex-spouse that you're divorced from, if you are grieving the living of um, you know, your own children or grandchildren that you've been alienated from, that is another heart-wrenching topic that is very common where the abuser has turned the children and or grandchildren against the victim. It's a very real thing that a lot of women that I know and love are walking through. And I really cannot think of a grief or a loss that is harder for a mother than that of not having a relationship with her child. Like, rather, whether through physical death or parental alienation, which is another type of death, like a mama who loves her children, who has been loving and kind and supported them and poured her heart and soul into them, but now they choose um, the abuser over mama. Um, that is a grief unlike any other grief. Uh, there are really no words that can even describe what that feels like. So if you're in that place right now, know that you are seen and you are heard and you are loved. A prayer that I give to mamas to pray, it's a very simple prayer, but it's a very powerful prayer. Father, open their eyes, unstop their ears, soften their hearts, bring them back to you, the father, and to me, the mama. It's a very simple prayer. Open their eyes, unstop their ears, soften their hearts, and bring them back to the heart of the father and the heart of mama the heavenly father who is waiting and who can heal all that brokenness. So mamas who are um, going through that right now, know that you're not alone. There are other women who understand. Um, I'm going to be doing a podcast episode in the near future where we're going to be specifically addressing parental alienation. And in the Held and Healed Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse Facebook group, there are resources there that I am beginning to save and compile for you to help you on your journey. And, you know, one of the biggest things that you can do, one of the best things you can do is you can just continue to be yourself, continue to show up in the ways if your, if your kids allow Continue to show up in the ways that you're able and don't change who you are. That's one of the biggest uh, pieces of advice and wisdom that I have to give to any mama who's going through that. Just keep being you. And when they're around, do the best that you can to um, love them, hug on them, serve them in the ways that minister to their hearts. Um <laughs> You know, each child is different. For some, it's feeding them a home-cooked meal. For some, it is, you know, buying them their favorite snack item and just dropping it off, you know, wherever you can drop it off. Some, it's a text. Um, 
yeah. So whatever, whatever ministers to the heart of your child and whatever you would just naturally do for your child, keep doing that. Also, it is absolutely vital that you set boundaries and you do not allow them to be verbally or otherwise abusive to you. So, um, chances are high that they are believing a lot of lies about you and about the situation. So when a lie is spoken, it's very powerful. Um, let's just say that they accuse you of lying and you know in your heart that you are not a liar. So it is perfectly acceptable for you to look your child in the eye and say, oh my goodness, thank you so much for reminding me that I am a truth teller. Thank you. And just take the opposite and turn it around and just watch the look on their face because you are speaking truth by reminding them that you're a truth teller. You're calling out the lie without calling them a liar yourself. So um, just some powerful tools and you're speaking truth out loud so that you can hear it, so that they can hear it, so the enemy can hear it. The enemy cannot read our thoughts. So uh, in that moment when you're saying, thank you for reminding me that I am a truth teller, that the enemy gets to hear that and it's going to send him running. So those are just some thoughts that come to mind. Um, Don't allow yourself to be verbally abused, emotionally abused. Um, If you are doing a favor for your child and they are being rude to you, it's okay to stop in the middle of that task and say, you know what, I'm willing to help you with this particular task. It's actually my joy to be your mama and to do things to help you. But if you're going to speak to me disrespectfully, then I will not continue to help you. And it is okay to point them to the door. The chances are high that they are very confused and they're believing a lot of lies. And the ways that we can gently point them back to truth without blasting them. Give them compassion. Give them grace. And do not... um, don't stoop to their level. So that is for dealing with um, children that maybe you are grieving the loss of relationship with. And just continue to pray and believe that God is going to heal. God is going to redeem. God is going to restore in time. And my prayer is that it's sooner versus later. The other realm of grieving the living comes with regard to blood family. So perhaps you are not even going through separation and divorce, but you just have some very um, unhealthy and toxic family dynamics. So there is the option of low contact and there is the option of no contact. So you are the adult and you get to choose. So you are not a child and you're not helpless and you are not powerless. So I just want you today to maybe just say that out loud. I am a grown adult. I have options. I have choices. I have power in this situation. I have control in this situation. I am not without power. I am not helpless. And begin to speak over yourself again what is true. If you own a car and you have the keys to the car, then you have a choice that if you're at an event and it goes sideways, you can get into your vehicle and you can drive away. That is a choice that you have. You do not have to stay and endure. You don't even have to go. 
That's, that's the first thing. You don't even have to go into those situations that make you feel physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually unsafe. You don't even have to go. But if you do choose to go, have a backup plan with anyone that you go in the same vehicle with and say, if this happens, then this is what I'm going to do. If you choose to stay, you can stay, but I'm going to be needing to leave if this happens. Another really wise thing is to never be alone in these situations. So if you're going into a situation that is volatile and it has been historically that way, have someone with you at all times because abusers love to corner you. Abusers love to get you off alone and dig those little verbal digs and If you have the option to have someone safe with you who is willing to speak up on your behalf, um, just kind of say ahead of time, you know what, we're going into this situation and -and so-and-so may try to stir something up and be rude or disrespectful. And do I, you know, do I have your um, protection? Do you have my back in this situation? So if you have someone that is willing to speak up on your behalf and be like, hey, listen, that was not kind and we're not going to speak like that. And be willing also to be that person. I believe that if an offense is public, um, well, I, I should not say that right out because if there is the potential for physical abuse, you have to be extremely careful. You don't want to put the person who is being targeted at greater risk. So that can be dicey. Um, but you can at least pull aside the person who was targeted, the person who was um, verbally slammed, you can pull that person aside and say, Hey, I heard what you said, or I heard what was said to you. And I want you to know that I don't believe that about you. And I believe that that person was very rude to you and disrespectful. And I I see you and I hear you. So yeah, we certainly do not want to put people in physical harm's way by defending them publicly. Um, so that can be, yeah, that can be hard. I admit, but at the very, very least we can pull aside the person who was targeted and let him or her know that we have their back and that we see them. And that if ever they want help sorting through this or breaking free, that we're available to help them. So when you're dealing with um, your own biological family, it's really important to set uh, boundaries and to maintain them. So it's not enough just to set them. If we set them and then let people walk all over them, they will quickly realize they can do that. And then our word and our boundary will be, it will just be meaningless to them. So set the boundary, hold the boundary, and then keep ourselves from being uh, vulnerable and uh, exposed and alone in those situations. If you choose to go no contact, um, and both are very, very painful emotionally. So the low contact means that sometimes there are going to be events that happen that we just will not be able to be at. And we have to kind of weigh, is this what is best for me? Is this what is best for um, the family as a whole? Is this what is best for the guest of honor? If there's an event that's happening and it's focused on that particular person and you feel that if you go to an event that it's going to become explosive because of some conflict that is... um, not dealt with. Um, and you just want that person that is the guest of honor that day to be honored. And you don't want the event to be about you and this other person. That may be a time to say, Hey, listen, let's get together separately guest of honor. And I'm going to honor you on another day. 
it's just going to be me and you. But going to this event right now, it feels a little unsafe to me. And I don't want that day and that memory to be about me and this person exploding. So I'm going to bow out, but I want to, you know, take you for coffee or take you for dinner or celebrate you another time. So that's, that's an option that we can choose. Um, but then what do we do when we're alone and we are dealing with the reality that this is going on without me? I chose to not be there, but it still hurts. So I think planning an alternate activity so that you're not sitting at home alone and weeping and wailing, although there is a time and a place for that. And I will speak to that in a moment. Um, planning an alternate activity with safe people and, you know, having worship music playing, having, um, you know, the word, you know, getting into the word, the book of Psalms is an incredible place to go when you are feeling emotions because pretty much every emotion you can imagine is dealt with and addressed in the book of Psalms. And you can start a Psalm with, you know, down in the pits of despair and you can end it with, you know, God is my refuge and my strength and he has got my back. And even within the same book, you can experience all those emotions. And so I encourage you to dig into the emotions. Don't try to run from them. Don't try to hide them. So something I heard recently, um, it was in a lesson in Give Her Wings, and I can't even recall who the speaker was, but it was all about self-care. And she was speaking about grief. And she said, when you are in the thick of fresh grief, so let's say that you have recently lost someone either to physical death or to um, emotional verbal abuse, you've had to cut yourself off from someone, you're grieving the living. She said, it's really important to allow yourself to grieve every single day when it's fresh. So let's say that something has happened recently. Give yourself 10 minutes. So you have to figure out where those 10 minutes are going to be best, (coughs) excuse me, best used because, you know, if you're on your way to work, you don't want to um, start weeping and wailing in the car and show up at work like that. But give yourself 10 minutes to really, really grieve. And she, she meant like full on crying. Give yourself those 10 minutes each day for this season. And then pick yourself up. Do whatever you need to do. Again, with the worship music, the word, calling a dear friend, a trusted friend. And then move through your day. And then the next day, grieve again. Do not bottle it up. Do not press it down. Do not say, I'll deal with that later. Do not let yourself get super busy and push it off because it's still there. You have to deal with it at some point. So you can deal with it right now while it is this hill of pain and grief that's piled up. Or if you let time pass, it will just grow and grow and grow. And it will be this massive towering mountain. It will have to eventually go somewhere. And you do not want to internally implode. So I challenge you, wherever you are right now with your grief of someone who has passed through physical death or someone who is living that you're grieving, to deal with it incrementally. Give yourself permission. Go grab a pillow and scream into a pillow. Go sit in your car. If you need privacy and you need quiet, 
Go sit in your car and put some music on and just let yourself weep if you don't want to do that in front of your kids. Now, I'm not opposed to doing that in front of safe loved ones. I think that our loved ones need to know when we're hurting. But if you feel like you just can't grieve in front of someone else, then find your quiet space, find your safe space. The shower, a lot of times, um, I, I would find myself crying in the shower because the water just literally washes over me. Tears are not the enemy. Tears are cleansing. Tears heal. Now, if you can't stop crying all day long, that's definitely a reason for concern. And I would see a medical professional for sure. But 10 minutes a day when you're in the throes of grieving is a healthy, it's a healthy thing to do for yourself. Do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself. So I will admit that I have been in a really bad place for the last couple weeks. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) Tickle needs to go away. And I have not been taking care of myself. So as I'm coming on here today, part of me is like, oh, you can't talk about that because you haven't arrived. And the other part of me is like, you must talk about that because you haven't arrived. So just a different way of looking at it. So I have forgotten to take my products that calm me. I have an incredible hemp product that is really, really helping me with anxiety, but I haven't been taking it. Hello, 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 hello. So take your things that help you to get calm. I have not been taking my supplements. Okay, this is just not wise. Don't do this. This is me being real, being honest, and saying, although for the most part, I take really good care of myself, and I practice self-care, and I do the things, I have not been doing these things. I went for several weeks, and I did my Pilates regularly, where at the end of this week, I haven't done one single workout. That is not good. I know these things help me. I know these things make me feel better. I know these things put me in a better frame of mind. Why am I not doing them? So um, drinking enough water is really, really important, especially if crying, because crying can dehydrate you. Do you ever think about that? Just makes sense, doesn't it? So um, making sure I'm drinking enough water and making sure I'm getting enough rest and sleep. For me, I need eight to 10 hours of sleep at night, and then I need a rest period during the day. So whatever it is that you need, I have another um, Facebook group where we deal with the physical and we really um, break down self-care in the physical realm because my held and healed group is so full of resources for rebuilding the the mind, the spirit, um, the emotions and all the things. And I decided to create a separate group for all things physical because it's just a lot to put it all together into one group. That group is actually called Happy Hippie Healthy Hangout. And all of the words end with IE. So happy ends with IE, hippie ends with IE, and healthy ends with IE. So the Happy Hippie Healthy Hangout. And in that group, that's a newer group, I have started to talk about detoxing. I have started sharing about my favorite supplements. Um, I share some essential oil recipes that help me uh, get through every single day uh, and removing toxins. Toxins, we talk about grounding, we talk about calming, we discuss crazy things like foot potatoes. Did you know that was a thing? You can actually put potatoes on the bottom of your feet and wear socks at nighttime and it will help to remove toxins from your body. Who would have ever thunk? 
We've heard about doing that with onions, but isn't this like a less stinky way to go? So yeah, toxins are in our bodies and um, we need to do something to help them come out of our bodies. So uh, that's just another thing that I would recommend is taking care of yourself with proper rest, movement, exercise, nutrition is vital, 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 supplements, and of course, you know, removing the toxins and relationships. Um, let me speak to the idea of grieving the living when it comes to social media. So there is a meme going around that is a powerful one. It's something to the tune of if I am friends like on Facebook or social media with your abuser, DM me and that will change. I cannot tell you how powerful this is for someone who is going through the awful reality of divorce and separation from an abuser or maybe someone who just has an abuser in their family. When we are very close to someone and they have shared their story and they have told us of the abuse And we continue to, for whatever reasons, we continue to be quote-unquote friends with their abuser on social media or otherwise. It is a shot through the heart. There are not two sides when it comes to abuse. It does not take two to tango when it comes to abuse. Blame is not equal when it comes to abuse. So... If you find yourself in a situation like that right now where you have a loved one, you have a friend who's going through horrific things and maybe there has been adultery, abuse, addiction, or a combination of those things and you continue to be friends with her abuser, um, be it on social media, be it out and about, that is speaking loud and clear to her that you do not have her back. And I understand that for some people, this is not going to sit well, and that is okay, but I'm still willing to say it. If you really want her to know that you have her back and that you love her and that you support her, a very simple step is to unfriend her abuser on social media. A very simple step is to not go out and hang out socially with her abuser. I'm not saying that you have to be rude. I'm not saying that you have to... um, Do anything that puts you in harm's way. But it's just a very simple way that you can support her. So um, she is grieving this relationship. And then when she goes on to social media, and if she has not yet blocked him, and she can see the people from the church, the people from um, wherever, family, friends, um, that are supporting and liking his posts, especially when it comes to new relationships, that is brutal for her heart and she will feel that you do not have her back. So that's a really simple way that we can support our sisters as they are rebuilding their lives. And just say, you know what? I believe you. I believe the things that happened to you, they were heinous and I don't want to support that in any way, shape or form. So if you are out there and you are a friend of mine and I still have your abuser for some reason on social media, if you are aware of that, just message me and I'll take care of that.
because I want you to feel safe and I want you to feel loved and cared for and protected. So, so that is just a little bit off the top of my head from my heart. This was another one of those just sit and talk without any notes. I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but obviously, um, I had enough on my heart this morning that I didn't need notes. Grieving is real and grieving is a process and it is something that we should not put on the back burner. It is something that we should not try to avoid. It is, it is, um, I can't even find the words. See, I just lost my words. I can't even find the words for what it is like, what it feels like to grieve the living. But what I can say to you is that God sees you and he loves you deeply and he knows the, the pain and the heartache that you are feeling right now. He is familiar. Um, we go back to the verse that says that we have that great high priest who is familiar with us and with our suffering and with our emotions and with the things that we feel and that we can come boldly before his throne of grace, that we don't come before a God or a king who is far removed and doesn't understand us. He sent his son Jesus to this earth and Jesus took the form and the flesh of man and he experienced betrayal and suffering, physical, emotional, and mental turmoil beyond our imagination. And he did that because he loves us. He did that because he was willing to be our sacrifice for our sin. So we don't come before some God who just sits high and lofty who doesn't understand pain or suffering. We come before a God and a father who actually sent his son to suffer on our behalf, which is something that I really can't wrap my mind around. I do not know that if God asked me to send my child to suffer for humanity that I could do that. I just do not know. I would be willing to suffer for humanity. I don't know that I'd be willing to sacrifice my child for humanity. Let's just be honest. I don't know that I could do that, but God did that for us. And so the comfort that we have today is knowing that our Father sees all and knows all and understands all and that he is with us in the midst of. And yes, we can ask the question, well, why does he allow this? Why does he allow people to get away with this? Why does he allow me to suffer so much? Why, if he knows that I'm hurting, why doesn't he do something now to make this person come back into my life or to make this person love me or to make this person be kind? And it simply boils down to free will. He created us with the ability to choose good, bad, ugly, evil. He gave us that freedom. And with that freedom, most of us have made some pretty rotten choices. And we suffer the consequences from those choices that we've made. And our abusers have made some really, really hurtful choices. And we pay the price and our children a lot of times pay the price for those choices. So I just want to encourage you today to know that if you're feeling these things and you're experiencing this thing that you just can't put into words, perhaps it is grieving the living. Perhaps there is this aching and this longing and your heart feels like it's literally breaking into a thousand pieces. Grieving the living is a thing. And I want to uh, help you I want to help you um, just recognize that and call it what it is, but then also begin to move towards healing and grieving incrementally and allowing yourself the space 
and the grace to heal. I say healing takes time. Give yourself the space and the grace to heal. So let me close us with a prayer today. And I do hope that this encourages you and helps you to feel less alone and to know that other people do understand what you're walking through. Father, I come to you today on behalf of any of my sweet sisters that are out there listening to this today. I thank you for being available to us. I thank you for being our refuge and our strength and our present help in trouble. I thank you that you bring your peace that passes understanding to guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank you that your perfect love can drive out fear and doubt. I thank you that you understand grief. You yourself had to let go of people who betrayed you. You yourself had to listen to people spew lies about you. And somehow you stood and you took that without sinning. Oh God, help us. Help us to be like you in that. Help us to stand in the face of opposition and oppression. And know that we know that we know who you are and who we are in you. Protect us. Shield us. Help us to know truth, that truth would set us free. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the light. And help us to believe the truth about who we are and who you are. And God, for any mamas who are separated right now from their children, I lift up those children to you, God. Regardless of their ages, I ask, God, that you would open blinded eyes. You would unstop deaf ears. You would soften hard hearts. And you would bring them back to your heart, the heart of Father God. And you would bring them back to the heart of their mamas who love them and who desperately want relationships with them. God, bring healing and restoration as only you can do. I pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time to listen in and just let me pour out my heart. I do hope and pray that this ministers to you in some way. Um, Ladies, you can find us at Held and Healed Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. That is a Facebook group that is private but searchable. And if you need to reach out to me for any other purposes, just go to heatherelizabeth.org. Scroll to the bottom of my um, homepage and there's a contact me um, button there. Blessings to you and may you feel the comfort and the peace of God as he heals you and holds you today. Thank you.